I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Hello. My final guest for this series is the screenwriter and author John Niven. John is the author of many extremely enjoyable and vigorously horrible novels, including The Second Coming, The Amateurs, and 2008's music industry satire, Kill Your Friends. Um, John joined me in the middle of his book tour promoting the long-awaited sequel to Kill Your Friends. It's called Kill 'Em All. Kill 'Em All sees the return of um, his appalling anti-hero, Stephen Stelfox, who is a sort of combination of Patrick Bateman and Simon Cowell. It's got all the drugs and depravity and filth of the first book turned all the way up to 11, and, um, well, I loved it, obviously. So, John was also kind enough to discuss his greatest fears with me. Um, a moment from the film Halloween, an advert and a public information film uh, that you can find on YouTube. Um, they're linked to in the show notes um, if you want an interactive experience and watch along with us. We also talked about pumpkin carving, uh, John's Twitter spat with JK Rowling, um, and his genuine, real, genuine terror of um, the condiment vinegar. Um, if you like it, then you should have put a condiment something like that oh also I um, when we're talking about video shops I remembered um, a film that I that used to freak me out as a kid on the on, on the cover of a video box and I never saw the film and I and I remembered a few details from it and I googled, I googled it for the having not thought about it for about 20 years and I found it and it's called Anguish and it stars Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist it is a hypnosis based horror film and I, there is a trailer on YouTube. Um, I didn't link to that because, um, well, it's, it's in Portuguese. I did not know that. And also, uh, honestly, I just shat my pants when I started watching it. So, um, uh, yeah, you watch it. Tell me if you go mad. At the Fear Podcast, let me know. I'll wrap things up at the end. But for now, please enjoy my chat with the wonderful um, and filthy and brilliant uh, John Niven. Cheers. And obviously, you know, we are all broken little children. You don't strike me as someone who is a mess of neuroses. Not, not, not so much, no. No? No, no. Um, no, not for any grand... Um, I haven't done a lot of work on myself. <laughs> um, I thought, who was it that said about... I think Philip Larkin talking to King's Lamus about Robert Conquest... They said, yeah, Bob just wakes up in the morning and he's happy. And they both sort of spat mm. this, you know, they yeah. sort of said this, that idiot. I'm a bit like yeah. that myself, too. I don't, I can generally, I think glasses that's, half full, sort of. I think that's wonderful. I think it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. No, honestly, because I, I read um, Kill Em All, which is the book that you are, and I read it mm. in, 
like three bites like ate it with a spoon uh one of them i was just in the bath with a kindle <laughs> and it let it go let the water go cold around me and it just and it's because it is the yes yeah, so <laughs> freezing <laughs> drop the kindle in the water everyone died uh yeah it was uh i i loved it and because i you have such a seductive main character in it who mm. is and one of the reasons why he's so seductive and i don't want to talk about how you write him is because he knows he knows exactly what he thinks and yeah. we we live in very very vague very nervous times where no one wants to upset anyone to have this main character who is a monster uh, if no one's ever actually quite phrased it like that before really? that is this that is the appeal of the character because the guy is so appealing about he's it, based yeah. on two or three people okay uh, one guy in particular and the guy he is based on is exactly like that he's completely yeah. black and white yeah. in any situation he knows exactly what he thinks I mean, he might subsequently two years later be completely mm. wrong but oh, yeah. it was total conviction mm. at the time and I, I, I find people like that kind of fascinating yeah you know so and I think if you have a character like that as a writer the, the, a lot of the heavy lifting and writing you know this yourself is like knowing what a character is going to do in any given, given situation yeah. if you have a character like that where you know exactly what he'll think yeah. in any given situation yeah. it's kind of very easy it flows yeah. quite easily from that I mean how do you get uh, into a character who is uh, as cold blooded as is he, is he fun to write or do you, is he hard to shake off no, he's fun to. I don't really buy it. I mean, you know the whole Brady Snellis thing that he stuck with the shoes and all that. Yeah, that he was tortured and haunted by Patrick yeah. Bateman for oh. you know, years while he was writing American Psycho. Oh, is that um, what happened? Is that the well, that's what, he, that's what that yeah. has, that's just sort of taken it. That mm. you know, it was such an unpleasant voice to have in his head. And I, still, Fox is kind of, it's kind of. I mean, this is the second time of you know based a novel around the character, and it's kind of fun to have every ten years a repository mm. for every. You know, outre, horrific, nasty thing you've ever you've either yeah. heard, overheard, read, thought. Yeah. That's but, what know. I was wondering. Is it, does he ever articulate? Because politically, you you are very, very. Has he? Does he ever have thoughts that are just your thoughts, and you've got to sneak a few out? And uh, no, no. But a, a lot of see what. Mm. You, I think the reason people find the character seductive is he will say in the space of a page mm. three completely outrageous, misogynistic, racist, mm. sexist things, but he'll say one or two things maybe about the nature of celebrity or fame mm. or the entertainment machine that are absolutely bang on the money, that are mm. what you think. And so that draws you into quite an uncomfortable collusion because, yeah. you know, one out of every five things, yeah, I think that too, I get that. Well, it's a, it's a book that's full of... Uh, in really enjoyable, enjoyably horrible, like horror, horrible things, uh, <laughs> sex, drugs, and and things that and, are like and, and paedophilia, huge, <laughs> oh, so much paedophilia. Uh, one of one of the characters is is uh, I mean I I can say loosely based on a well known, yeah, no, you, you well, well oh you can't libel the dead, that's right. You yeah, one of the characters is not even loosely based on Michael it's, Jackson, uh, it, and there is it's pretty much Jackal. It's pretty much Jacko. Although I love that Michael Jackson is mentioned a few times in the book. Well, just that, as kind of like, yeah. That was a necessary legal yeah. <laughs> smoke screen. Yeah, so how could they possibly both exist in the same yeah, universe? Exactly. Exactly. Be, okay, yeah. exactly. Um, um, and he does some appalling things. But the only, and, and I, it's so enjoyable to read, but the only bit I found, like I read it like in the way that you would watch a really good horror film, like a splatter horror film, Between heads your coming fingers. off. I enjoyed the shit out of how horrible, horrifying it was, mm. and then got to the penultimate chapter, the one where nothing appalling happens at all. It's just a man ruminating from his apartment yeah. with the sun coming up over New York. Uh-huh. And the goosebumps I had reading that chapter, because all he does is just state... What's coming down? What, the, what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming down the line? What's what people like pipe. him think? 
what people who voted for Trump think, yeah. what the majority of people, and you just, it on or off, it winded me. Oh, thank you. Well, so, thank you, I think. That is um, it. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. Yeah. No, um, it's kind of the, and that fell off. That was going to be the end of the book, that mm. chapter. And it was my editor, Jason, um, who said, um, he said, I really need to know what Stale Fox thinks about uh, Me Too and everything that's happening uh, now. Yeah. Uh, with all that, uh, what has taken that out? Mm. And I was quite married to that. The book takes place between January and July of right. 2017. Mm. And I was quite married to that time frame. Mm-hmm. And the whole Weinstein, the we, Me Too thing didn't really kick off till September, yeah. October that year. So I said, we can't do it. It's without the time frame of the book. And it was Jason who said, well, how about an epilogue? And yeah. there was, well, there no spoilers for the for the listeners, but well, there yeah. was a sort of reason that we might revisit the character six yes. months later. Yes. So I thought, well, we can... That could probably work. We can do yeah. that, and then we, you know, he's reading the newspapers as he does often in the book, so we get his thoughts on and all that <laughs> stuff, which, as you can imagine, is far, far from reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about, um, I love the fact that you're not a particularly anxious or neurotic person. Which, <laughs> goddamn it, I need to talk to people like that right now. I, I think it's important because um, you can tell us what to tell us, flapping idiots, what to do. <laughs> tell us how to make ourselves happy rather than telling each other off all the time. Uh, <laughs> I wish, if I could, I'd be writing a self-help book if I knew how to do that. I think you'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to read your self-help book. Um, I, Have a fucking word with yourself. I don't mind my feet. I don't, apart, I play golf. That's good. You know, have kids. Anything that's kind of mm. gets you out of yourself is good. But also, I get, becoming a writer in my sort mm. of mid-30s, when I kind of, I never thought that would happen, but it was what mm. I always kind of wanted to happen. So, you know, there's kind of rarely a day goes by. I don't sort of get down and kiss the floor of my study and think, you You're know. still grateful. Yeah, 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 daily, yeah. That we're here and we're doing this and we're getting barely well paid to do it. And, you know, um, because yeah, I could have seen one of those guys who sort of toiled on in the music industry until mm. I was like 40 mm. and ended up, you know, the guy at the back of the gig in the really bad leather jacket who ends up jumping off a bridge when he's 45, you know, and I could have <laughs> so been... a very specific example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a writer. What do you yeah. want here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm... Um, no, no, I'm a, I'm a fairly happy camper. Yeah. Makes me sound like a buffoon, doesn't it? Not at all. No, well, I was, I was really interested. Simple John. <laughs> and I asked you about um, uh, your favourite scary moment from formal TV, and and you said mentioned Halloween. Yeah, obviously, much in my head at the moment. As I don't know when this podcast mm. will this appear will, uh, this, uh, next week. Next week, yeah. Okay, so it literally will be Halloween. Oh yes, it's Halloween week. The, uh, the 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 new Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis has mm. just opened last week. Yes, I haven't huge, seen it yet. I might go see it after yeah. this. Actually, <laughs> I, I can't go and see it. I cannot. I can handle a lot of things, yeah. but Mike Myers and any shape or form mm, that the, character not Mike Myers the, yes. the actor mm. Michael Myers from yes. Halloween mm. um, I just cannot cope with just that white that, I mean and you got to hand it to John Carpenter back in the day he made the movie for like 50p yeah. and like, all the idea was that white blank faced mask yeah, emerging the, um, from shadow amazing uh, it's just genius, genius idea the, the ones there's a couple of moments in the movie 
I haven't watched the movie, the original Halloween, mm. in years because it's just one of those things. I, it got I, under your skin. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Maybe, I guess I was thirteen when I saw it first. Right. Uh, it came out. Yeah, I'd be about thirteen or fourteen. It came out and well, it came out in video, of, mm. you know, VHS from the, the rental shop in Scotland. It'd be about nineteen eighty one when I saw you're, it. Were you a video shop kid? Yeah, of I'm course, a total yeah. video shop the, kid. Yeah. Bo- the bogeyman, yeah. any you know, yeah. I spit in your grave, cannibal films, oh, all that shit, all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. So um, Halloween was one of them, mm. you know. But obviously, I didn't know this when I was thirteen, fourteen that it was a kind of cut above all those mm. films. Yeah. I just knew it was scarier. Yeah. For reasons I couldn't quite articulate. Um, but the um, the moment where, it's quite late in the film. That in the well, we could we could watch it on my phone if you're okay. Oh, my, no, no, no. I'd rather, oh, I'd, no. I beg no. you. I, 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 just talking about it is Okay, is no, I'm absolutely, um, absolutely no problem the, at all. You know, I think it's Jimmy Lee Curtis is retreating in horror from something, the, the tombstone that he's placed in the bed. And then she's retreating towards, a, she's backing towards mm. a cupboard. And they, I remember watching it for the first time, and as she backs into the cupboard, just thinking, that's not good, dude. You need a solid wall behind you. And sure enough, the white mass just gradually looms into focus from the, the darkness. And I remember going, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my mind, you know. Um, Were you on your own when you saw it? No, no, it was with my cousins and some mates, you know, as you yeah. did back then, you know, yeah, down, yeah. To, down to Ritz video and Irvin, <laughs> and then back to, you know, maybe even bunking off school, yeah. something like that. Um and yeah, as I say, we watched a lot of lunatic horror films because that was the thing with video shops then, wasn't it? Yeah. It'd be literally eighty-two video nasties and a copy of On Golden Pond <laughs> would be the catalogue. And obviously, On Golden Pond wasn't ringing your bell in nineteen eighty-one. You'd be like, "We'll have the Bogeyman again." Yeah, or- HR Puff and stuff, and uh, fifty copies of Adventures and Babysitting, and uh, yeah, and and just the most horrifying because I was. I, I, w- I was never able to get them out I lived in such a small town that the people in the shop knew how old I was All so right. I would spend hours perusing the shelves and imagining the film which was clearly there's some films I've never seen there was one that was like a hypnosis film and it had the woman from Poltergeist who played like the psychic and it was like the film she must have done after Poltergeist and she was uh, Zelda something her name uh-huh. was um, and it had her on the cover and it just said, what mama wants, mama gets, because she has, mama has the gift of second sight. And then on the back it said, warning, when you're watching this film, you will get hypnotised. <laughs> Keep watching the screen. And that was it. I've never seen the film. I don't know what it's called. I know you're, that there is a film that if I watch it, I'll go mad forever. <laughs> I'm not letting them take my mind apart. Yeah. What was the other one that was sort of mind taking apart? Was the thing, uh, Brainstorm with Christopher Walken, I think. Um, you know, brainstorm. brainstorm there's some That's mad machine that literally dementia mind uh, scanners of course oh yeah you know that, that again you know, this is all the sort of vintage 1981 mm. local video store mm. stuff but yeah um, you don't get uh, that now though. you can't peruse you can't peruse a collection of uh, well, horrors well I'm, and- I'm, I'm very old and I feel that's kind of you know um you know, I guess people do, though, don't they? If a bunch of teens hanging out, you'll be on Netflix or something going, Yeah, but you, know. you kind of know if something's good or not, because people will tell you. Like, oh, have you seen Get Out? Or you've got to see Get Out. It's yeah. Right. But you wouldn't look at Get Out in a video shop and go, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, also, there was no there was no way to... There was no, there was no rotten tomatoes. There was no feedback, mm. was there? There was no, you know... You just had to take yeah. the chances. And sometimes you got Halloween. Sometimes you got... <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, the um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Or, yeah. or, or, which, i got to say, was pretty, we did that too. And it was yeah. pretty good in its own way. God, what was the other... Or the Burning. They've got loads of horror films back there. Oh, the was, Burning, that was the, the Summer Camp one. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. The yeah. guy Amazing. gets his fingers sliced off of the garden shears and that. And mm. Rick, I... Rick Wakeman soundtrack, I think. Oh. 
I only found out today that the the because uh, I'd never really I thought just John Carpenter wrote it, and apparently uh, he wrote it with his girlfriend at the time, he, Deborah Hill. He did a woman. He, he did indeed, uh, or a woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, and they made a ton of money, didn't they? Cause, Shit, like because they mm-hmm. they both got points on it. Yeah, all they won. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, they were producers, and uh, yeah, it cost nothing. Did mm. like a bazillion dollars or whatever was huge at the time. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and, and Donald Pleasance, uh, of course. Yeah, and he was the most expensive thing in it. I, I think he, I believe it, he, he was. <laughs> he was what they spent all the budget on. I think the idea was he lent a veneer that, of sort of English class to, didn't yeah. it? It was like putting Alec Guinness in Star Wars was stick Donald Exactly, Pleasance, yeah, you know? we'll get a famous for a day and then we'll get him a Winnebago. And then everything else was done like the, the mask is a William Shatner mask, Shatner turns his head out. Which yeah. I only found it years later yeah. because it looks nothing like William Shatner. No, they just had to do whatever they had to do to avoid copyright. But imagine writing that whole script and just writing a mask. Could be anything. Thing. It would be a different movie that actually William Shatner's face. <laughs> yeah, I'm just from Shatner. moving at you. <laughs> I mean, the, but my worst, I mean, I don't know if I've shared this story publicly. My close friends know it. I, when I was 11, 12, you remember films used to take ages rolling out, like it opened in America and then yeah. like months later it would open in London. Yeah, you and hear about it, it'd get, yeah. Then it'd get to Glasgow and then it would get to like, the mm. regions of Scotland. It would take such a long time. So my uncle, it must have been 70, it was my last year at primary school, it would be 76, took us to Glasgow mm. to see Jaws. So oh. I'd be 11. So I went with my cousins. My kid brother was just too young to, to and do And by this. that point, there would have been a novelisation. There were, oh, there was a book anyway, but there would have been like a sticker book. And oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that. all the tie-ins yeah, yeah, that yeah, way, yeah. because that's how I saw films. You'd, yeah. you'd read the book beforehand, book, or the comic, or, or the... Or yeah. the oh, you get the sticker album. That's mm, how I saw yeah, Star yeah. Wars before even saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But Jaws... Um, Obviously terrified out of mind of this big cinema in Glasgow in the moment, obviously, mm. where the head came out the boat and was screaming mm. my head off. And anyway, I, you know, got through it. And then months later, the film finally got to Irvine, the tiny town mm. that I grew up in. And my parents hadn't seen it, so they take me and my younger brother can now go. So we go, the mm. four of us, and we get in there. And I remember sitting down, and then the music starting, and the camera going through the weeds and all that stuff. Mm. And I turned to my father and went, I can't do this. I, can't, I, can't, I cannot survive this a second mm. time. Thought I could. Can't, my, my little brother, obviously it was far less articulate than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> and my kid brother looked at me and saw how genuinely terrified I was and he went, basically went, fuck this. And he went, if he's out here, I'm out here. My dad, <laughs> my dad was like, and it's amazing to me now, he marched us out of the cinema, he drove us back home to the babysitter. He, but he must have missed the entire first sort of 25 minutes of the movie. But he did it. And leaving my mum on her own, um, and of course, the next, the Monday, next was Saturday night, the Monday again to school, mm. and unbeknown to me, there was a whole bunch of my classmates halfway back in the cinema. And I walked into the playground, so they went, Nevin shot his pants, <laughs> I had to get taken out of Jaws. And it was like, oh my God. It was the end of the world. I literally get persecuted for months. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it was worse that was the it. real horror. Had I known they were halfway back in the cinema, the real... I'd have. Yeah. I'd have. Oh <laughs> my god! The real horror was the faces the real of my horror was... my classmates. Speaking of uh, scary childhood stuff. Uh, I asked you what you were scared of as a kid mm. and this might actually be the favourite one anyone's ever said to me because I loved it It's I watched it and it is perfect it's the 1985 Yellow Pages advert called <laughs> Signal Box Signal Box please explain can we watch it together yeah, are you okay yeah, with watching no, 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 this I'm good, I'm good with watching that yeah that's absolutely <laughs> fine um had you seen this before did you know what was I talking about I remembered it mm. I, I obviously with Yellow Pages app it's all you remember is um, 
uh, French uh, polishers. Uh, um, the, the fly fishing guy. Fly fishing and French polishers. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just a lesser, this is the B-side. This side is a lesser known the, work, the, yeah. but as soon as I watched it, I was like, Goodbye. Right. Yeah. I mean, that shop is horrifying. so dark, it's literally the gentleman's chair, isn't it? I mean, you almost convinced at this point that the shopkeepers are pedo. <laughs> He's going to get down there. End up in the basement. Oh, everyone's a pedo, according to you. Michael Jackson's a pedo, according to you. We can help the The voiceover is so ominous. Oh, hello, Ben. Happy birthday, Dad. This is the yeah. this is the There's just <laughs> so much, as you say, so much to unpack. So much to unpack. Go but, well, for people who don't know the album. I'm sure you can play it, but you yeah, can play so it. Yeah, you can find it on online. Just watch the visuals that accompany yeah. that. If you go online and find Yellow yeah. Pages Signal Box ad 1985, mm-hmm. and it's a little kid trying to buy the Signal Box for his dad's birthday. But the whole thing, they. I guess it's because it was still in the era of public information films, which were terrifying mm, yes. in and of themselves and a whole other subject mm. we could talk about for a long time. Oh, but yeah. the, the voiceover, the music in that ad, mm. you, up until 2003, you'd be forgiven for thinking it is a public information ad about yes. the dangers of letting your children loose on the phone and just yes. bugging off to, you know... The strange coming, men in shops that, as you say, look like see, the, 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 the local shop. The, 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 the shop could have literally been a League of Gentlemen yeah. sort of sketch, yeah. that shop. You're convinced the kid's going to get in there to get his cigarettes and end up sort of gagged in the basement for the rest of his life, sort of properly frizzled. But, uh, but then, of course, the, the payoff when he, and then the voiceover, the voice yeah. is one of those ominous, it could be Donald Pleasance almost, mm. a slight impending yeah. nastiness to the voiceover and that chiming sort of echo piano music. And then when he when he gives his dad the signal box and his dad turns and sort of says, thanks, Ben. And it's just, <laughs> it's just this ominousness to delivery. And you're thinking, oh my God. He's a really slow, the way he turns <coughs> around is really slow. I, yeah. It's only now watching this as a grown-up as well. The thing that makes me feel a bit heartbroken about it, like a bit bruised internally, is, um, is the fact that this guy... Oh, sorry, the reveal with the dad is that the dad has a very elaborate... Kit, uh, um, train mod- set. model train set kit in the attic. In the attic. Which is disturbing in and of itself. It's disturbing in and of itself. It suggests he spends a lot of time up there by himself or the mom's downstairs. <laughs> it's just, he's got this, but it's so elaborate. It's like this massive, beautiful, elaborate train set. And the kid comes up and he comes and, and he offers his dad this thing. And the, the smile on the dad's <sighs> face suggests, of course I've got one of these. <laughs> Of course I've fucking got a signal box. Have you seen my kid? It, it's like um, when you're... It's that thing of it, like someone, oh, you like music? I'll get you like a piano key tie yeah. or a treble clef. <laughs> They've got one. They've definitely got one. Well, the dad's smile also suggests to me... Um, if you put one elbow on yes! this train set and put one bush or signal box out of place, I'm going to flay you and wear your skin yeah. like a suit. Uh, that's just so ominous. It's sort of freeze frames almost on the dad. It's the ominous smell. So I hadn't I hadn't thought of this um, ad for many years. Yeah. And then it's when my friend Nick Dewey and I were sharing a flat in West London in the 90s. 
and we were out with Robin Turner one night, and I don't know how the subject came up, but the, somebody mentioned, I probably somebody's talking about Yellow mm. Pages ads, yeah. and as you said, the more famous examples are, you know, the, oh, the, the French, French Polish are, and the All part of the same series, all the same, same, same music. Same sort of time, but then yeah. this subject came up, and Nick Chewy turned around and just went, thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I, I immediately went, oh my God, and, and he went, yeah, I was obsessed, we were obsessed with that advert, yeah. just the sort of ominousness. Yeah. Uh, of course, it was the League of Gentlemen, 15 years before mm. the League of Gentlemen what was, you know. Do you get so, the feeling as well with Ben's, Ben's dad that it's, have you seen the Lego movie? Yes. You know Will Ferrell's character, oh, this is, this is a slight spoiler for the Lego movie. Batman. For the, for the, but the Will Ferrell's character in the Lego movie who. Oh, yeah. The dad. The dad, who's just got a basement full of Lego that the kid's not allowed to play with. But, and yeah. it's glued together. And it's all glued Yeah, you get the feeling like that is the deal. Yeah, with, I think with him, ben, and the, yeah. him and thanks, Ben, park their cars in the same garage. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh. But the. Um, the fact then that just the, just trying to connect with his dad on some level, like Dad, <laughs> I know you like trains. I know you're up here all the time with the trains. I've got your signal box. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. Like I haven't got a fucking signal box already. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yes, kids, stare at that fucking attic. Run, don't walk back to the rest of the house. I've got half the people just, who who watch will go. It's perfectly normal. No, you know, I, oh, no. no, no, nobody. It's thinking. got that. Um, it, the quality of the music as well is like it's a lot of those sort of mid eighties things that inexplicably make you feel sad. Yeah, and I think they're. I think they have that Sunday tea time thing of like antiques roadshow, last of the summer wine. You're exactly Dear John, you're, right. The it, melancholy. That, that's exactly a Hovis advert. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just that you know. It's it's like when you're only a kid. And Sunday was like the most loathed yeah. day of the week. Mm-hmm. I was at Jim Reed Sunday from the Jason Mary chain in an interview once saying, You could put me in a cardboard box and bury me in the middle of a desert somewhere, and I would still know when it's Sunday. <laughs> sitting in this box, going, it's fucking Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's just that, that kind of, as you say, Sunday. Last of the summer wine. Overcooked sprouts, <laughs> cold winter night, school. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of unique, you know, like, Morrissey esque English yeah. miserable. But all, me, all TV had that music. Music. Yeah. Oh, the, the, despairing. The, yeah, as you see. And it's an odd take for an advert that's meant to get yeah. to, you know, I guess you're not buying anything, it's to get you to use the yellow pages, wasn't it? Hello, I'm John Rain. Why not listen to the new series of Smirchpod coming this Friday? Smirchpod. Roland Riveron on The Swarm. That's Smirchpod. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Well, funnily enough, when I was preparing for this show and looking at <laughs> online, the kids were in the house, and I, I tried to explain what was funny about it to the my son's twenty two, my daughter's ten, and uh, of course, first I had to explain what the yellow pages yeah. was. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what the fuck's a yellow page? Well, you know, before the internet, it was like the internet in book form. Yeah, that, you know, if you wanted something, you would flip through it and. I, it's yeah. My uh, my skill set. I've realised I have to do this for a job. Not this, obviously. <laughs> I have to do. I have to be a writer for a living because all my skill sets are slowly dying. One of my first ever jobs was. Well, I, I, I'm a, I'm a pub, publican's daughter, so I can work in a pub. They're all fucking closed. <laughs> I can. Uh, I worked at Talking Pages, which was like the yellow pages that you phoned up. Of course. Hello, Talking Pages. Sarah speaking. How can I help you? Did you do that? That was me. You were that guy. I was that in Bristol. Oh my god. Um, that's gone. That's, it's yeah. like Back to the Future. All my skill sets. I was then I was a journalist. That's. Gone. Going, he's um, like, I can only do comedy writing. They'll always need laughter. <laughs> you always need content. Then. Oh, they will always need content. Um, oh my god, that's perfect. I think it's, uh, you, you mentioned public information films, and that was the other one you sent to me. Was uh, Dark and Lonely Water? Oh, Spirit of Dark. Spirit and Lonely of Dark and Lonely Water. Or Donald Pleasance again. Yeah. Donald Pleasance. Mm. I, I was sure that'd be really well trodden ground in this show. Though, sure. Uh, we've it's... talked a lot about public information films. I don't know if that one in particular has come up, and I'm very happy to watch it with you. For, oh, like, it's like I, a minute. I, 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 yeah, I can watch that. You can, uh, uh, but I mean, genuinely, still scares the living. I watched it this shit morning just me. to check how long it was and how horrifying it was. And is its full horror still intact? Uh, well, you tell me. Actually. I am the spirit of dark and lonely water, ready to trap the unwary, the show-off, the fool. And this is the kind of place you'd expect yeah. to find Yeah, and so there's just death. Just death. But Actual no one death. expects to find me here. It seems too ordinary. But that pool is deep. The boy is showing off. The boy. The bank is slippery. <laughs> Actual death, the grim reaper. The show-offs are easy. But the unwary ones are easier still. This branch is weak. Quick like this child. It'll never take his way. Only a fool would ignore this. But there's one born every minute. Under the water there are traps. Old cars, bedsteads, weeds, hidden depths. It's the perfect place for an accident. Since children, I have no power over them. I like that stupid place to swim. Hey, go over and get that things for wrapping in. You can have fun cold, mate. Ellen was doing that. Ellen, what thing? I'll be back. back, back. Uh, I mean, it's still amazingly powerful, isn't it's it? It's still, yeah, deliberately so. And um, mm. I love, I love the the, 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 the thing that's scary about it. I only realised is that children don't talk like those kids anymore. Mm-mm. What, Mister? What are you doing? You're yeah. falling in the water. And off cold in there. It, it's real 1970s <laughs> yeah. BFI sort of accents, isn't it's, it? Did children ever actually talk like that in London? Uh, like, it's uh, like a uh, sort of uh, an RP version uh, of only if written by Lionel Bart, I think, <laughs> yeah. or, or and, you know. No, that ad, when I, um, I, like I said, I used to have to run out the room if that came on. I would guess that's late 70s. Yeah. Rather, um, and they were, you know, again, for younger readers, um, <laughs> it was something I had to explain to the kids, that the government would pay money yeah. to produce film to scare the shit out of you on uh, anything you can imagine. And I guess for a lot of people, um, I was going to say our age group, but I would say the age group, 
sort of roughly 40 to mid 50s. These things were at their peak in the sort of 70s, mm. the late 70s, 70s and early 80s. 70s, 80s, early yeah. 80s. And, um, they were, you know... It, any subject from you mm. know, loose rugs on a polished floor, <laughs> killing your grandfather, mm-hmm. to electricity pylons, to yeah, never throw throw a frisbee in a yeah. in a, 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 a electrical electrical oh, power line, or, or, indeed, for, or, or indeed wheel a yacht with an unfeasibly high mass. Who the fuck does that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm just going to wheel my Everything yacht. Everything was way more dangerous, and yet they were way more worried about you doing something. <laughs> Mad, uh, right there. It must. I, I, right. What, what a dream gig to have back in the day, writing public information. Well, that I mean, was I, written by a woman. Was it again, really? again, like oh, Halloween. Did, did um, your it was. I did my research this morning. This is talking uh, pages. Yeah, that's yeah, they're talking pages. So speaking. <laughs> what was her name? The writer was Christine Herman, and that is her only credit. You're joking. <laughs> this was horrifying. She wrote Spirit she of Dark. And... She was. She was a producer. Uh, if you look on her IMDb, on her BFI page, it's just that. Oh my so God. maybe that was like, maybe she's like the woman in Threads who was listed as woman urinating in <laughs> and street. street. Yeah. And you peek. And she's the most why would you ever, why would you ever well, well, have well, write well, anything well, else? Once you've written that for Donald Sutherland, like well, literally the scariest Donald thing. Pleasant. Don- what did I say? Sutherland. <laughs> that, now that's there the one issue. Oh, I was thinking of Don't Look Now. Because <laughs> it's very Don't Look Now. Or in fact, Donald Sutherland in Halloween. Now that's a completely different movie. Donald yeah. Sutherland as the, you know, um, <laughs> the detective. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it, is, it is a very weird thing that children she, were sort of, But the I, weird thing about Dark... I love that you did the research on that film, that women wrote as her only writing credit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously now obsessed by her and want to write her life story for the BBC4 biopic. <laughs> you, you, um, I had to explain what an internet wormhole was to my daughter, the other day, who's mm. 10. She was looking for... Oh, she wanted to do... Um, every year she comes up with crazy Halloween lanterns to really? capture... To be fair, yeah. last year she got the... Um, uh, the pumpkin, the big pumpkin, eating mm. a tiny pumpkin, oh, that's which brilliant. was her, which I did, and which I, I, you, you, I think retweeted a like by J.K. Rowling, which blew her mind. Um, before J.K. Rowling and I had her falling out over the Theresa May scandal. Okay, no, hang on, hang on. I know. Are you are you friends again? Uh, she did refollow me. Okay. Yeah, sometime after that. Um, yes. And then there was a falling. I should explain for the listener because I want to keep thinking this is a great story, but I want to. Uh, yeah, there was a falling. <laughs> I want to hear your version of it. See if oh, you get my it, version right? of it is you used a, um, a gendered swear word again about a person. I did. And J.K. Rowling did not like that. Did you not? And uh, and this is we were all friends from the early days of Twitter when there was nine people on Twitter yeah. and they were all friends with each other. And but, she but, unfollowed you and did a kind of subtweet. But, yeah, but uh, that was did. when people do this thing. I don't like it. But didn't mention you by name. Yeah, but she didn't. Yeah, a big storming out of the pub and slamming the door behind her <coughs> with while saying and another thing. Which, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> out of the pub, which is, but this is when Twitter was a pub. Yeah. I, I called Theresa May a whore on the day of the election <laughs> yeah. because she was standing up there forming this unholy alliance with the DUP, mm. which she would never. I thought it was cunt, that. to be honest. So I've no, no, remembered it. Was, it, differently. it was whore yeah. um, mm. because she was actually whoring herself out to the only people who uh, would form. Okay, right, that's right, just yeah. my justification. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't lightly go around calling women whores. But and I was also, of course, as as many of us were, just enraged that she mm. got elected. She won the general election. Yeah. Anyway, old JK took great umbrage at this, um, which was a bit annoying because I, I like JK. I think she's a good thing, mm. you know. And mm. any way you want to carve it up, she's a good thing. She's a very rich person who pays her taxes and is, you know, politically, yeah. I think, on the money and most things. Um, and she, um, 
But anyway, she she she, un, she unfollowed me and whatever. But ended up with the Daily Mail saying that she called me a murderous, racist, rapist. Which, Did she? Well, she didn't. But that's how they managed to twist the the language into that. I think if you read her chain of tweets, she sort of made some link from misogyny, calling women whores to rapists. So, but obviously, for the male, there's the wow. head, there's the yeah. headline: calls Nevin a rapist, basically. Sure. <laughs> Which I can't mean to change my Twitter bio to that. Murderous, <laughs> racist, rapist, J.K. Rowling. Um, but anyway, then, then, of course, that's all quite dramatic. But then a few weeks later, yeah. whatever it was, she quite quietly followed me back. But yeah. you know, there was no big public oh, I'm, You know, I'm okay with this guy now. Yeah. But that was before I actually got banned I mean, from Twitter completely for... Of course you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my God. So hang on. So, yeah, first of all, pick your battles, JK. Um, <laughs> it's been a lot we, of drama. We're all, you know, I, can we just be goodies and baddies? And and, and <laughs> it's pretty... pretty yeah. I was a goodie and became a bad. Save your energy. Um, yeah. And I forgot what you kicked off Twitter properly. For telling... Uh, who's that right-wing maniac? Um, Sean Hannity. Right. Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. telling them I hope they die soon. Right. Um, when I, you know, I, uh, when and because you've got magical powers, that's something that you could, well, you know. It, 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 so many yeah. right-wing trolls and bots reported in right. America as a death threat. Right, sure. That it got way, you know, I know a couple of guys at Twitter UK mm-hmm. quite well because I've been in a few spats. <laughs> and uh, so I got my... Twitter's on your speed. I got... <laughs> Hi, guys. I've done it again. <laughs> Pretty much. So I got suspended and I thought... And then I noticed it was usually a day or a week and it yeah. wasn't lifting. Couldn't access the account. So I went to my friend, who I won't name, and he said, um, oh, uh, this looks pretty bad. This has gone all the way to Twitter in San Francisco, um, ported by by thousands as a death mm. threat. And I went, in no way did I say, I'm going to kill you. I want mm. someone to kill you. I'm coming around with a big gun. I said, yeah. natural causes would have done me. Coronary heart disease, stroke, <laughs> cancer, in sure, that. Yeah. I don't know if you've done that. If you spend seven or eight hours into an argument with right-wing American gun nuts, your sense of humour does get eroded a bit. I, and would, I would rather go yeah. at myself with a cheese grater. I've uh, always put yeah. clothes pegs on my labia. I can't yeah. think of anything I would rather do less yeah, than that, go for eight hours with right-wing people. And that's Tuesday, Sarah. Yeah. That's yeah, that Sarah's is. Tuesday. Yeah, that's what, normally what I say for, <laughs> like, anniversaries, but, uh, <laughs> date night. Tough, tough day. <laughs> um, so anyway, I... That's what we call date night. Uh, yeah. Me and a pack of clothes pegs. <laughs> I, I, I end up getting ba- banned properly. It's the only way I'll use them. <laughs> I'm terrible at putting a washout. No, so, I swear to so God. So undomesticated. So <laughs> Tumble dryer. That's the only reason why they're in that. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Where were we? Sarah, we bought more clothes pegs. <laughs> so I end up getting banned um, completely. The fuckers take my account and I lose my blue tick. And, you know, uh, I think I had 70,000, 80,000 followers at that point. And... They said to me, the guy at UK said, oh, don't worry, once you start tweeting again, you set up a new account, you'll soon mm. be back to your old follower account. There's, you know, people can find out mm. how to get you back. And But no, they had fallen into this slipstream of they just set up a lot of new algorithms to block, to stop trolls. Because I've had this a lot. Mm. You block someone mm. and they come back with five new accounts within yeah. minutes. They, they, they just started to sort all that stuff out. So it was much harder to do. But it also meant the people who used to follow you. So I guess now we... 13,000 followers right. so it's like kind of my publishers weren't happy they were like that's a bit of a date yeah. you know and it, I, I mean in I, all seriousness the bot situation is really terrifying at the moment like if you look at any issue and I'm not going to name an issue because then it becomes about that issue but you did a thing that is dividing people at the moment and then you look I know at, what you're talking about yeah yeah but I'm not going to talk about that yeah. but then you look at the numbers of people who jump on a hashtag in support or being negative yeah. about an issue 
and thousands of them are fake accounts, they're spam bots, they're all repeating the same message. And if you mention that to people, they think you're mad, they think you're a conspiracy it's theorist, theorist. because you're on the other side to them. But you're like, there is no side. There wasn't yeah. a side before. It was a conversation. Yeah. And now it's, an issue. Now it's, now it's a binary because there's yeah. thousands of bots who are making up like a shit iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> where all this, it's like, a, it's like not human beings with actual feelings on yeah. top and then underneath like thousands of bots who yeah. are drowning out the noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As it's become very much for a writer, yeah. and you'll know this, it's very much like on, yeah. on the rare occasion I have an interview or a piece in The Guardian, mm. and you, that iceberg thing. Yeah. You, I've written this little piece about mm. something I did or something <laughs> I do or about my new book. Enjoy. Yeah. And then below the water, you go to below the link comments will literally be 400 people going berserk mm. like this person should die why is the Guardian <laughs> publishing this how how dare they think Andy's interested in this crap hang you know, on these are fake accounts don't I, 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 I mean I'm sure of a, a lot of real yeah. enemies yeah. <laughs> but, sure. but I mean I'm not belittling your enemy generating status but yeah, quite, yeah I, I yeah. never really draw into that stuff you mm. go mad wouldn't you but, but so, that's the thing you've got your people arguing with robots like you're shouting into the abyss like it's the um, the yeah. exhaust when you see people who are lovely having arguments with algorithms it's yeah. oh so upsetting you think why are you, why are you doing that but I you mean, sound mad I, you, <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't do it so much now I kind of so you, you know, love a scrap don't you I used to more yeah. so I think since I've come back it's like um, I just don't, I don't have the energy for it it's you know <laughs> we, we talked about going down an internet wormhole in regards to sorry your daughter yeah. who uh, loves J.K. Rowling and loves Halloween and she posted some pictures of some pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. And so this year she was sort that of was a, that was a rabbit hole in itself, wasn't it? It's like a Charlie Kaufman script. We've yeah. illustrated the point so with a, a meta conversation. Yeah. Um, so this year, Leela said very thin uh, female characterisation. <laughs> another one of my specialties. Um, Leela said <laughs> to me, Dad, can I? Look at um, can I look at pumpkins? You know, Halloween pumpkins to get some crazy ideas for some mm. we could do. And I said, sure. And it's the next minute I go over and she's looking at sort of crazy prehistoric fish. And I'm like, how did you get there? Yeah. And she found a carving of a pumpkin that looked like an anglerfish. Oh yeah, it had like, the thing. It's a big which I'm going to do this year actually. I'm, oh, they're awesome. They look so, so big, cool. A yeah. big anglerfish pumpkin with uh-huh. a tiny little on a you know on a, on a tendril mm-hmm. head attached. That's brilliant. So she looked at that and then she obviously thought, what's an anglerfish? And went on to sort of fish of the deep seas uh-huh. and then got into crazy. So you know. So, uh, but you know, you, you can't complain about that. Kids expanding her her, her knowledge oh, base, isn't she? I'm in love with your child, and, and I want you to be my dad. Both of those things sound weird. You really, you uh, I've come up with two very strange statements. I'm so sorry. Um, That's the whole bag of things. Yeah. Let's talk about your third thing. <laughs> which Moving on. let's talk about a fear you live with now, which is people saying things like that to you. <laughs> um, daddy issues? <laughs> no. Let's talk about your third um, choice for th- a fear you live with now. And all you said was one word, and obviously I had to wait to get you on mic to tell you what the, you meant by this one word, which is vinegar. Yeah. Vinegar. You say you've got a lot of vinegar and spices oh. in the kisses that you want to give to me. Oh. But mama's told me that sugar is the nicest. So take your vinegar away and let me be. Let her be. Vinegar. Oh, God. I even find the word I'm sorry. To. I, I guess it must be an early childhood thing. Mm-hmm. I have a very vague early childhood memory of sitting on the floor of the kitchen when I was maybe two or three years old, eating a jar of pickled onions. <sighs> and But 
all my, I mean, that's almost pre-conscious memory. Mm. All my memory since I cannot be a particularly cheap malt vinegar. Mm. That's a sarsen's. Mm. Uh, you know, it literally reduces the merest whiff of it will reduce mm. me to nausea and leaving the room. I can't be around it. So as you can imagine, the school years. Um, when, you know, I, I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do school dinners. Cause I think the first time I went, they were serving fish and chips. So you can imagine a, a table full of sort of eight-year-olds in mm. provincial Scotland just going crazy with the salt, and I, I cannot smell of it. Just you know, to this day. So, I, oops. I hit the baffle. Um, I don't know. I'm theorising. I'm sure if I did hypnosis or therapy that they could get to the bottom of that exact moment, but there was some moment that happened with vinegar that I can't Mm. cope with that at all. Do you think there could be possibly a moment of something physical, like you're allergic to it, your body's telling you something? No, because I I know if I'm in a true Pond's Hall restaurant and they break out something with sort of balsamic vinegar or you're in Italy and you're in Modena and they get the posh stuff, Mm. I... I wouldn't ever choose to have it in something, but if a salad comes that's got a bit of that, mm. I can just have a cope with that. But it's that specifically that really nasty, right. cheap chip shop yeah. vinegar I cannot mm. cope with. Um, and of course, stupidly, when I'm a kid, this became known at school. Of course, yeah, course, never, yeah, yeah. So then one day, I think I got the blame for this, because I mean, I, I, I was at a very working class comprehensive in Scotland. One of the things we used to do a lot mm. was spit on, spit on each other. <laughs> so in any given playground, we'd, tracks, we'd, yeah. we'd, we'd, yeah. be, we'd be standing around <laughs> spitting at each other. Yeah. And this kid, Fat Bernie... People um, complain about the internet, but my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's, 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 back in the day, all, yeah. back in the day, this was our entertainment. Yeah. And so, uh, fat Girls used to stick sanitary towels to each other. That would be, <laughs> yeah. That, anyway. yeah. Um, that we call that prom. Yeah, so back in the <laughs> Fat Bernie was getting spat on, and somebody eating a mouthful of Mars Bar spat on Fat Bernie, and he got this huge chocolate stain on a brand new Lord Anthony jacket. I mean, you couldn't make this up. This is oh, like yeah. a sort of Bell and Sebastian lyric. Um, <laughs> and he, um, he gets this chocolate stain in his Lord Anthony jacket, and he... Um, he, he goes berserk and I get the blame for it somehow so a few days later I'm coming down the staircase in the school Fat Bernie and I, sorry I know this is I'm just, I'm just reporting what the guy's nickname was I don't yeah. endorse fat shaming or any of that crap sure. Fat Bernie jumps out from a sort of behind a cupboard and throws something at me and this, I think it's a bag of water like a carrier bag connects with my face and explodes and then it takes me a second to breathe in and realise it's a bag of sort of raw vinegar because he knows of the, the allergy so, I end up folding the stairs, vomiting. Oh my to god! Go but there's no. To be fair, there's no physical. Re- I don't come out and hide. Yeah. I don't have to go. Into it's just the, the disgust is so huge. You have to get sent home and showered off. That's pretty fucking traumatizing. That whole uh, experience. Well, like, even I mean, regardless even, of what it was you threw, if it was pissing, even it was if the chocolate special yeah. and the Lord Anthony yeah. jacket had been me, it yeah. seems to me an excessive reaction. But he knew, Sarah. and he, he, he knew. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's a, a huge amount of. Um, Someone exploiting your weakness. I'm and getting very the, in the psychiatrist chair now. But also the effort, the research. Yeah. He, knew about the way, he went home, he brought it in yeah. from his mum, probably went to his mum's cupboard, stole the vinegar, filled it into a plastic bag, brought it to school. That's it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's, that's horrifying. In a way, hats off. I take comfort from the fact that I think Fat Bernie ended up getting a dishonourable discharge from the army after he went crazy. And it's the kind of guy who's probably, you know, we used to... <laughs> <laughs> we used to do this thing, you know, as kids with air guns would go up the woods and sort of shoot each other with air rifles. And uh, Fat Bernie was the guy who would literally, he was like Michael Wright, he'd have tactics and stuff, he'd have the camo on. 
Mm-hmm. And he'd, and one year, everybody's walking along, and somebody had a rustle and looked up, and so they went, fuck's sake, that's fat burning. And he was literally up a tree thinking it was a good sniping position, forgetting the fact it was also quite good for shooting him. So there's literally 18 people on the ground <laughs> machine gunning fat burning out of this tree with air rifles. So that might have happened before. So maybe he, he might have had his reasons for the John, John, if you ever write a horror film, please call it Fat Burning. <laughs> Weekend at Fat Burning. <laughs> um, I can't bear that. Uh, brown sauce is the antichrist. It's somebody heaping brown sauce on their plate at breakfast. I will leave the room. I, I will run out of the room. And uh, it's amazing how many people like that shit. I love it. Remember back in the day when I was doing A and R, we were working with Travis, and we were at Heathrow flying somewhere, and Fran Healy from Travis came up and he was talking he had a bacon roll or something which was saturating brown sauce and he was talking it was actually going in his face and I was just gonna, I, I, I remember running away Fran if you hear this you're a lovely guy and just, <laughs> I, I think I, Travis listened to the podcast I, well you never know you, these things, know. These, you do these never things know things tend to reach beyond somebody mentions oh, it on yeah. Twitter and the next thing I you know I got a tweet this morning from Tony Gardner who, who was in My Parents Are Aliens uh, saying he was listening and I was oh God, there I mean, you like go. to pretend that no one's listening. You never know. Talk never. like no one's listening. <laughs> that is my rule for podcasting. <laughs> I'm going to hit stop now. <laughs> uh, thank you. We've got enough? That was, oh, so much enough. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much, John Niven. Cheers, dude. That Cheers, dude. Um, that was John Niven. Um, John uh, is currently, I think, not on um, Twitter. Uh, at the time of writing, I think he's still banned from um, uh, for being mean to a baddie. So good for him. Um, but but still, um, it, you can still definitely get his book, um, Kill 'Em All. It's on um, where you get all your good books from. Uh, it's a hoot and a holler, and I highly recommend it. Just wanted to say, if you're here off the back of the um, genuinely lovely review um, uh, in the Observer by Miranda Sawyer, hello, welcome, um, uh, lovely to have you. Um, you might wonder what sort of idiots uh, would ignore the momentum of such a lovely review, uh, to which I can only answer me. Me am the idiot. Uh, uh, me am going to go on hiatus for a little bit. Uh, not for long, just long enough to record a few episodes uh, of the show um, so we can put out uh, series three, um, season three, uh, whatever your poison. Um, I've got some really, really great guests lined up. Um, if I... If, 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 love making this show and I've got some really great guests lined up who are going to tell me all of the things that they are scared of so there is going to be a little gap but if you're subscribed series three will appear soon enough um, and in the meantime you've got uh, two uh, other series is uh, to listen to with with amazing guests so there is that um, genuinely I, I, I just I love making this show it really helps with my own particular brand of um anxiety and weirdness and um i hope it helps some of you with that stuff too um if you like the show rate and review on itunes uh, keep in touch at the fear podcast um it would be really nice to hear from you um the music you're listening to is by tim bazell and this was a great big owl podcast um keep in touch and see you very soon cheers Great.
Fuck off.